sermon this afternoon deals with the sixth petition and the conclusion of the Lord's Prayer, and you find the explanation of this in Lord's Day 52 of the Catechism. So let's turn to Lord's Day 52, page 558. The first question is, what is the sixth petition? And the answer And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That is, in ourselves we are so weak that we cannot stand even for a moment. Moreover, our sworn enemies, the devil, the world, and our own flesh, do not cease to attack us. Will you, therefore, uphold and strengthen us by the power of your Holy Spirit, so that in this spiritual war we may not go down to defeat but always firmly resist our enemies until we finally obtain the complete victory. How do you conclude your prayer? For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. That is, all this we ask of you, because as our king, having power over all things, you are both willing and able to give us all that is good. And because not we but your holy name should so receive all glory forever. What does the word amen mean? Amen means it is true and certain, for God has much more certainly heard my prayer than I feel in my heart that I desire this of him. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters, Martin Luther often spoke about his battle with the devil. And for him, it was very real. It's known that at one point he threw an inkwell at what he thought was the devil in his room hoping to hurt him, the devil. Perhaps when we read something like that about Luther throwing a pot of ink through the room to get rid of the devil, we may smile and think, well, how could he do this? It doesn't going to hurt the devil. But Luther took the presence of the devil Seriously, he saw him there, he he confronted him there, and Luther followed in this way. You could see the example of our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember the time when the Lord Jesus said, when one of the disciples said something to him, then the Lord Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. And certainly when the Lord Jesus was tempted, the beginning of the Gospels, The Lord Jesus experienced the reality of the devil and what he can do. And also the apostles, they speak about the devil when Paul cannot visit Thessalonica. He says in 1 Thessalonians 3 that Satan prevented him. 
And in 1 Peter 5, we also read about this adversary, the devil, who goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Reality of the evil one. And I think that is something we need to take to heart. That we have an enemy that we are dealing with who has very many powerful helpers, the demons, and we have to resist him. We have to fight him. Lord's Day 12, why are you called a Christian? And when you come to the task as a king, then it says I have to fight with a free and a good conscience also against the devil. With the free and good conscience. That means, of course, first of all, that you have to know he is there. Then you have to see, how do I battle him? And then I have to battle him in a good conscience, in the sense that my, my master, my Lord, is proud of me. Well, a big part of fighting him is prayer. And so the Lord Jesus, in the sixth petition, says, you have to pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And that will be the focus of the sermon this afternoon. Also the theme for the sermon, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And we want to look at two things. First of all, why this prayer is necessary. And secondly, how this prayer is possible. Or to say it more without a question, this prayer is necessary and this prayer is possible. So in dealing with the Lord's Prayer, we have come to the last petition. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And you notice how the Catechism explains it. It says, first of all, we are weak in ourselves. Secondly, we have very strong enemies. They don't cease to attack us. And therefore, God needs to uphold us by His power. Otherwise, we will go down in defeat. And we know that we have to keep on fighting. But there comes an end to it. There will come a day when this is over. When we will finally obtain the complete victory. That's kind of the outline of the answer to what are we asking here? Brothers and sisters, as you look at this petition and also at the answer that the Catechism gives, are we not too negative here? In the sense that we say that we're so weak, we can't do this, we talk about attacks that I cannot in my own strength do this. Did we not begin the Catechism in Lord's Day 1 was saying so confidently that my only comfort is that I belong with body and soul to my faithful Savior because He has set me free from the power of the devil. Set me free from the power of the devil. That was in Lord's Day 1. And here we come to the last part of the Catechism, the part of thankfulness, the end of thankfulness, so you would think we end on a very upbeat tone and here we get to hear about our weakness and our enemy and temptations and that we in our own strength cannot face them 
What about this, this comfort that we confessed on Lord's Day 1? Or, or if you think of what Paul writes in Romans 8, when he speaks about the joy that we have, that nothing can separate us from God's love in Jesus Christ. Nothing. Not the devil either. The wonderful result of God's work of redemption. What's left of it here? Lead us not into temptation. That is, we are so weak in ourselves, we can't stand even for a moment, and the enemy is so strong. Where is our freedom? Where is our redemption? Where is our comfort? Well, we are redeemed. And in case you forget, next week to start with Lord's Day 1 again, to again confess that. We are children of God. And Lord's Day 1 is still as true in Lord's Day 52 as it was in Lord's Day 1. But brothers and sisters, the Bible shows, the Bible reveals that although we have been set free from the bondage to sin, we are still living in a broken world. We still have a body that is liable to sinning, that can give in to sin. Although Christ has redeemed us and broken the power of sin, God did not at that point make everything perfect. If He had done that, if on the day of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, God would have made everything perfect, you would not be part of it. And God wanted you. So He delivered us from the bondage to sin, but not yet from this body of sin and from a broken world because He wants His plan of salvation to continue. Not till the day we die are we delivered from this battle against sin or the day the Lord Jesus will come back. Up to that point, we still have our sinful nature previous Lord's Day, Lord's Day 51, it says, do not impute to us wretched sinners any of our transgressions, nor the evil which still clings to us. That is our, our nature, our original sin, our corruption. And in the Belgian Confession, we learn that not even baptism washes that away. It's like a fountain from which continually pour up things that are wrong. So that is the background of this petition. Yes, we are children of the Father. You are God's children. The Lord Jesus told you, you have to speak to God as Father. At the same time, the Lord now opens our eyes to the fact that we still live in a broken world and that we still have a sinful inclination. And in addition to all of that, the Lord says, and there's an enemy out there who has a measure of freedom too that I allow him. In fact, that freedom will increase as the last day will become closer. 
and he will do his utmost. He goes around like a roaring lion because he seeks to devour. And you, my children, says the God, says the Father, you have to be aware of that, of who you are in me, and now how you can fight the enemy with his ploys, with his temptations. That's the word used here. Lead us not into temptations. A temptation is something that tries to lure you away. Tries to take us away from the truth of the gospel that we are with body and soul bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. A temptation tries to make us disobedient to our God. Tries to take us away from the word of God. And they come from the devil. He's the source of temptations. He's called the evil one in this petition. Satan. And the word temptation has in it also the element of it's subtle. It's devious. It's hidden. The devil will not come up to you and say, let's sin. I think sinning is a wonderful thing, so let's do it. He will try to present it as if it is pleasant. He tries to somehow be able to connect it to your character, to your life, to your needs, and so deceiving you, letting you think that it's okay, and in the meantime, He takes you along, away from the Lord, away from His Word, away from His church. In Revelation 12, we have this vision of John, he sees in the sky this woman, she's about to give birth, there's this dragon, and then the child is born, and that dragon is no longer allowed in heaven, and he's cast to the earth, and then it says, woe, you who live on the earth. Because now that the devil has been defeated and is no longer allowed to come before the throne of God, now he goes off to make war on the woman, the church, and those who follow Christ, the believers. And he knows that his time is limited. It's not a question, will I still win? The question is, how much more damage can I do before the end is there? And as the end comes closer, he becomes all the more intense because he knows it's getting short. And in order to get this woman, the church, and those who belong to her, he uses temptations. Now, we do not hear this so that we can find excuses. Can't help that I did it. Well, because the devil's fault, or the devil made me do it. The devil does not make you do anything. You do it yourself. You are accountable before God. And you have to pray, lead us not into temptation. But that is what he wants to do. He presents it to you. He goes around. He's like a lion. He looks for someone to devour. So, brothers and sisters, with this petition this sixth petition, we have to acknowledge the reality of the devil as the evil one. We have to acknowledge that he has helpers. 
The Bible speaks about demons. Also, they, they help him, the devil, in trying to wreak havoc, destructive. The devil does exist. Luther was not that far off the mark. Demons do exist. So don't play a game with it. And don't think it is the kind of stuff that you can make plays from and, and about. Nor is it a matter of trick or treat. It's too serious for that. It's not a topic of entertainment. And whatever kind of entertainment does, you notice that sometimes they like to do that to incorporate also demonic things in movies or in music. Oh, the devil loves it. We think he's rather innocent. He loves it if, if we think it's just a matter of folklore. He loves them. We think it's okay to, to be part of that because it's not so innocent, it's not so, not so dangerous. Because then he can have his way in. Because he has a purpose. He's a very set, definite purpose. He has a one single mind to go against God, Christ, and the church. Now he knows too that he cannot make us do things. He knows too that we are bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. He knows also that we live in a world that is still sinful. He knows your weaknesses. He knows if you are easily prone to anger. He knows if you easily give in to pornographic things. He knows if you have a hard time to maintain relationships. He knows that you may like success and money. And, and he, he wants to use that. And he will try to use that to lure us. Now the Lord Jesus says, keep your eyes open, my people. Keep your eyes open. You're involved in the spiritual battle. It's happening all around you. And the first thing that you have to know is your own weakness. Because although you are delivered from the bondage to the devil, you're not his toy. You, he doesn't own you. Yet you have a body. You live in a world where there are these weaknesses. And that's why the catechism begins also, in ourselves we are so weak. So weak. How weak? We cannot stand even for a moment. Just think about that. To stand. Of course, the standing here means to be able to face him. And to face him for a moment. It's impossible. And the danger that we have is that we overestimate our own strength. That we tell ourselves, it's okay. I can watch this. I can do this. I'll be able to handle it. It won't hurt me. I'm strong enough. I've made profession of my faith. Notice the catechism. 
you're not strong enough. And that's what the Bible says. In myself, I cannot stand even for a moment. I stand only by the grace of God. I'm able to stand only because the Lord, by His Spirit and His Word, works in me. And that's why in, in 1 Peter 5, 2, it says, Resist Him firmly in the faith. But that is where your strength lies. Don't re- say, well, I will be firm to Him in myself. I can do it. No, it's in the faith. Your strength lies in knowing that you belong to Christ. And that in Him you receive the strength, not in yourself. And in the second place, the Gadigas and the enemies, they're very powerful. They're called sworn enemies. They're under oath to attack and to accomplish the mission that they have placed before themselves. The three of them. To battle against one front is already hard enough. To battle against three fronts becomes even more difficult. And, and the one that perhaps is the most difficult is the one right inside of me. There's the world. That is, there's the world in which we live as it does not want to serve God. There's the devil. And there's my own flesh. See, there you have the element of still not being perfect. My flesh, my body is susceptible. It can give in to sin. The devil, he, he's the ruler of this world. And he holds it under his control, the things that happen in this world. And God even allows him to do that. And, and he can, can control the media, and he can control the entertainment industry, and the gaming industry. And he uses that now to tempt. And he has this, this hatred. And he finds a, a wonderful ally In my own flesh, I am inclined to do this. And brothers and sisters, it comes in many shapes and forms. Temptations don't have to be big things. They can be two. That can happen too. Persecution, hardship. But it can also come very subtly. It can come in things that may not seem to harm you or hurt you. It can be success. It can be... Wonderful things that you may think you want, but still interfere with your relationship with God. In 1 Corinthians, 1 Peter 5, when Peter writes about these elders, these shepherds, he, for example, says that they should not be greedy. That's one way that you can give in to temptation, that you do it for greed in order to benefit from it yourself. Not lord it over those entrusted to you. There can also be a temptation that you tell others, and in the way you do it, you want to control them. And when it speaks about the young men or the younger people in verse 5, it says, Submit yourself, be submissive, clothe yourself with humility, be self controlled. Because that could be the problems for young members. To, to want to do, do their own thing and not listen to others, not listen to parents or to those who have responsibility for them. And to clothe yourself with humility, 
Because pride says, I can do my own thing, and, and I want to do my own thing. But humility says, no, I, I cannot, and I have to live close to the Lord and depend on Him, self-controlled. So the Father comes to us and says, my children, be aware of that. Be forewarned. You need to pray this petition. Don't ever take the devil lightly. You have to discipline yourself. You have to go on your knees. And that brings to the second point. How is this prayer possible? It is possible. Because inkwells will not stop the devil. Prayers will. The Lord Jesus once said, this kind can only be thrown out by prayer. Prayer is the power by which we can overcome these temptations. And not only prayer, prayer, of course, is a response to God on the basis of His Word. So you can also say that, that studying God's Word equips you for this struggle. Knowing who God is, knowing the power of God, knowing yourself, knowing the enemy equips you. That's what the enemy hates when you take time for devotions, when you take time to sing psalms. And sing songs that express our joy, our hope, our confidence in Jesus Christ. When you go on your knees and when you make it a habit to pray, that before you go to bed, you take time to call upon the Lord after a whole day of struggle, in which you may have made many mistakes and may have given in to temptations as you should not than to go on your knees and to bring it before the Lord. That's the only way. Resist Him in faith. Because the Lord does not leave us in uncertainty. Yes, we are weak. And yes, the enemy is powerful. Our strength lies in the Lord. Otherwise, why would He tell us to pray this? It says... Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. There is deliverance. And the deliverance is in the one who teaches us to pray this. And that is Christ. You remember what he did. He came to this world to take our place. He was anointed to be our representative. The first thing he had to do is face the evil one. Be tempted. He had to repair what we broke in Adam in the very beginning. And so he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness and he was tempted. And three of those temptations are recorded in the Gospels. And he withstood them by appealing to Scripture, by appealing to God. And the devil had to go. The devil is not almighty. But that means, brothers and sisters, that not only does our Lord know what it means to be tempted, so when you struggle, when you're disappointed with yourself, 
Go to Him. He understands what it is to be tempted because He was tempted like us. But there's more. He did it in our place because I fail, but He repairs that. Now you say, well, why isn't he here then? Because I'm dealing now with these temptations. Why doesn't he come now and help me? He is at the right hand of the Father. And why is he there? Because he knows the battle that we are in. And he is at the most powerful, the most influential place in the whole universe at the right hand of of the Father to intercede for us continually. He who knows the powers of temptation, he is there. And remember John 17, where he gives an example of the prayers that he, that he offers up for his people. Father, keep them from the evil one. That's what he prays for you. Father, help them. And the Father and the Son together, they give us His Holy Spirit. And that's what the Catechism says. Uphold us, strengthen us by the power of your Holy Spirit. There you have the possibility because the Holy Spirit has been poured out. And upon our prayer, that Spirit, He's working in us, firmly resisting the enemies. Not going down to defeat. By drawing from what Christ has done. And the reality of Him giving us His Spirit. That prayer in John 17, Father, keep them from the evil one, is a prayer that the Lord Jesus is praying right now for each and every one of us. By name, he knows you. He knows your struggles. And he says, keep on praying because I'm praying too. And because he prays, Father hears. And that's why I know that I can keep on going. That's why I know that I will not go down to defeat I'm able to firmly resist because my strength is in Christ. Stand firm, steadfast in the faith, says Peter. Resist him. Know that it is possible. Your prayer is not, well, let's hope the best. Your prayer is appealing to the accomplished work of Jesus Christ. The demons, they shudder when you do that. Now praying this, and praying it also in the certainty of faith, does not take away our responsibility. Praying in the certainty of faith of what Christ has done now gives us the strength to fulfill our responsibility. You know, brothers and sisters, we, we can be so inconsistent. 
We know it so well, but we don't do it. We pray, but we let temptations into our lives. We can be so naive. We pray, but we expose ourselves to to the temptations. And that's why we need to pray, and we can pray, and by that power, also able to resist. No, we will not become perfect in this life. It will happen hereafter when we finally, after much struggle, obtain the complete victory. But the victory is here already. The beginning in Christ. And that's why we pray. And that's also expressed in the end of the Lord's Day and in the end of the Lord's Prayer. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Now I'm going to connect it very closely to this petition, but of course you understand that this closing applies to all the petitions. Why can I ask your name be hallowed? Your kingdom come, your will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts. And lead us not into temptation. Why? Because yours is the kingdom and the glory and the power. So we appeal to, to what we know that God has and is. All this we ask, also the daily question and prayer for help in that spiritual struggle, we ask in confidence because the kingdom belongs to God. He has all power. Never think small or little of your God and your Father. And He is willing and He is able to give us All that is good, and certainly the strength to fight temptations, is good. And in that way, His name, and not ours, should have all the glory. The God of grace, who called us to His eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, also in dealing with these temptations, He will perfect, establish, strengthen and settle you. To Him be the glory and the dominion. And to that, we can only give one answer. Amen. It is true. Not because of me, but because of who He is in Jesus Christ. It's even more than I can feel in my heart that I desire this of Him. He goes so far, so high above who I am. Well, that is indeed the climax of thankfulness, isn't it? To know that He does more and higher and deeper and wider than I can even imagine. Trust Him. Amen.